But I just want to testify because God did some amazing things that night. Uh, we were down in Roxbury, right? I guess it was officially Roxbury, uh, right, up, right near South Boston. And uh, we, we, had a, we had a phenomenal time. And we'd been down there with the Vernas a bunch of times. And I had forgotten that I had prayed for, for her, for Kathleen, for something. Uh, there was a bunch of people that retestified of, of things that they'd been healed from uh, previously. But Kathleen had a, had a situation with her knee, and her knee was not functioning well. And when I called it out, this was probably four years ago, God instantly, as soon as she stepped forth, they instantly healed her. Instantly healed her. And so last, the, the other night, she came forward because I had a word for, for breathing and asthma, right? And she came forward and was set free. But there was knees and necks and all the, you know, all the usual stuff. But I believe that God healed another, another young guy from, from some pressure in the eyes. And so I just realized that that is what the Lord was about. He's really all about touching people. First place he touches us, right, is right in our heart, right? Salvation. And if we really, if we really, really engage with God, something supernatural happens. And it will connect to all the other things that we need to be free from. Right, because it's it's the very, the very the very center of salvation is Jesus and the blood and setting the captive free. Right, and so any place like if who did who did I pray for? Who was with us? And I didn't know. Oh, Brandon had the the arm issue. We never even prayed for him during the time of prayer. That's funny. But he prayed for all kinds of other people, and people got healed and, and set free. Right. And so did George and other people that were in the room, my, my wife. And, and God receives the glory, right? God receives all the glory, right? Proverbs 4, 20 says this, My son, give attention to what? My words. Incline your ears to my sayings. And don't let them depart from your eyes. So his words, don't let them depart from your eyes. He said, keep them in the midst of your heart. So the word... The eyes and the heart, because God ultimately, right, says this through, through Paul. He said, I want the eyes, your eyes to be enlightened, right? Because of revelation, we understand and know that he is the healer, right? And then this, verse 22, and they are life to those who find them. What am I saying? And health to all their flesh. And I want us to really get an understanding of healing because we need to, because God heals today. And he'll heal through anyone in this room if we choose to believe that. See, because what happens is we get, and I'll get into it a little bit, but we get this mindset that's been taught to us because it's been through what? Tradition. That all the power and the glory and the presence and all the things that happen in the book of Acts doesn't happen anymore because there are no more apostles. Or God just sovereignly does stuff, but he doesn't use people for healing. And we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. I'm not going to focus on that, but the reality is I want to see the Lord use you, everyone in this room, to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. <laughs> raise the dead, that's a tall one, isn't it? No, it's not. It's not any different than a headache. Right? Because what's the difference between a headache and cancer? Who's going to heal that? It's going to be Jesus. And if Jesus does it, then it, 
we don't, it's not, it doesn't depend on us. Well, it might depend on our faith, maybe. I believe that our faith moves God, but ultimately this word, right? Because there was two guys from the, from the healing movement. Remember, I've talked about the, how many, how many love revival history? We've got a few people, but I want, you, I want you to really look at revival history because what happened was, I think it was Kenneth Hagin and Oral Roberts realized that they were the only ones that were going to be able to carry the healing word because of, of all the other 150 evangelists depended on one thing, faith. But those guys knew the word and knew that the word would heal you because he is the word. And so it's not about having faith in faith. It's about having faith in Jesus Christ, who is the living word. And when we have faith in Jesus Christ, he can do anything. Exceedingly, abundantly, above we can all, right? It's in the back room above the kids. He can do anything we ask, think, or imagine. Right? And so miracles are for today whether you believe it or not. <laughs> right, but I want to see the Lord use us and use everyone here and use the church at large in miracles because it's necessary. If he came to do good and heal those, all those who were oppressed of the devil, what did good look like? Well, it was good works that he went about doing. Right, and it's not by works that any man should boast but it's by the grace of God and the faith of God and all these things. So I want you to really grab hold of, of something that I'm going to just release to you tonight. And I, I want you to go, I'm, I'm blowing up all the men's group right now. I'm going to blow it up because I'm going right after this thing. So go to Mar Matthew, or am I at Mark? Mark chapter 7. I don't even know because I didn't study today. How's that? I was too busy doing stuff. So you're getting it right off the cuff. I think we'll find it in Mark, and I believe it was chapter 7, and it wasn't. No, it was 6. Was it? Was it? It, might have, it was Matthew 7, you're right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Brian, Mr. Smith. So I just want to touch on this because God... going to show us something. Can I find it? Is that where it is? Yes, yes. 21. 21 and 22. Sorry, guys. I would have had this stuff marked, but I was building things in the back. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. I tend to want to read verse 7, but I'll leave it alone because that'll open up something else. Verse 20, I'm backing up one more. Therefore, by their fruits, you'll know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we, we do not prophesy in your name, did we, not, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many wonders in your name? And then I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice.
practice lawlessness. I'm in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. I know, I, I, I switched left on you. Sorry. Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, 20 through 23. So here's the deal. Because as we believe God's going to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, Matthew chapter 10 commands that, doesn't he? I just realized that there was a couple things that the Lord kind of opening up to me, and I want you to see this. See that there were those who knew the Lord, but weren't working with the Lord, right? That's what the two scriptures say here. And there were those that were working without the Lord because they never knew him, yet they were doing signs, wonders, and miracles. So here's what I want to propose to you. That if, in fact, we are those who know the Lord, then there's no excuse that we shouldn't be doing the works of God. Are you hearing me? Did you hear what I said? Because the reality is, there were those that, because this, this thing gets thrown in, 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 our, in my circle, in our circle, out as the criticism, the critics. Right? Oh, well, signs and wonders may be determined the fact may determine the fact that you don't even know Jesus. You be, you may be called lawless. But Jesus, I said this already, went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed. There was a few things in Scripture I realized today. It depends on our perspective on how God's going to move in our midst. Right? Some begged that Jesus would come and heal them. Begged. Now here's the deal. If you have pain in your body tonight, you should not leave this place without getting prayer. By someone who is next to you or up here. Are you hearing me? I don't care if you're dealing with a, 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 well, I always had this chronic back pain. I've always had, you know, vision impairment. I've always had dizziness. I've always had something. No, no, that's illegal. Are you hearing me? Because the blood of Jesus came and he spilled his blood for us, and it says that by his stripes we are healed, that means he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? That it changed after the apostles passed away. No, that's nonsense. That's foolishness. But here's the deal. It says that those who begged him, that they just touched the fringe of his garment. And we don't, listen, I don't prefer begging. But if we go back to verse 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. So it does, Jesus does say, continue seeking, searching, looking for me. However it looks, I want you to come to me and I, I want to touch you. Because the, he wants to touch the body. 
He wants to touch your life, and I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to even be a physical healing. You're hearing me, right? I think there's a lot more demons that need to be cast out of people. Yeah, the big people. I feel like I could get in trouble tonight. That's just how I feel. I'm on, I'm on Facebook Live. I, I could get in trouble. It's okay. I don't really, I shouldn't say that word again. Someone told me, don't say you don't care. You're a minister in the gospel. I know. I care a lot. That's why I say the things that I want to, that the Lord puts on my heart, right? Because I care. But I don't care about critics. Right? Okay. Right? Or people that are going to judge. That's all right. Right? So here's the labor, right? We, we, we believe that, we believe God, and we believe he's going to release something for us, but I want you to see that as he, as he, he speaks about this these people who are casting out devils in his name but don't even know him. The word know is the same word that Mary knew Joseph. That means before she was, after she had received the supernatural seed of the Holy Spirit inside of her, it said in the scripture the same word, knew. So there's no intimate knowing. And God is calling the whole entire church to intimately know him. Amen. Like for real. Like there's something that we lack in our intimacy. And I want you to see this in scripture today because the reality is he's wanting to draw you into a close. That's why as, at the end, I'm just like, God, I just, I'm always on this surrender thing. Because the more we hold back from him, the less we make room for him. And God wants all the room he can get to have his way inside of us. And it's not even an issue of, of knowing your, your gifting now. Are you hearing me? Because God is not concerned with your gifting. We're always taking our gifting and looking at what we can do with our gifting. That's the wrong thought. But God calls you, because look, we'll just go, just go to Matthew 10. Matthew 10. I love this. We'll just do the first. He called when he called his disciples to him. We don't need to go any further than that. What's the results? Right, after we get through all, all the name of the dirty dozen. But as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you've received, freely give. So I want you to understand tonight that there's one thing. There's always one thing here. That he calls you to himself. Right, and I'm going to talk about abiding in a moment because this is the key to everything. If we do not abide, if we don't abide with who, with, with the vine, if we don't get connected to the vine and the, and the flow of who he is because there's a flow of God that comes from one place and it only comes from Jesus. 
It doesn't come, a flow doesn't come from your gift. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And so God's trying to get us to understand what our calling is. When he calls us, he calls you to himself. And he tells you who he is. And when he tells you who he is, then you know what you're supposed to do. Because he gives you a blueprint. He gives you a scroll. You know who you are because he speaks to you in an intimate way and tells you who you are. At least that's how it's supposed to work. Instead of praying for money. Instead of praying for someone to get saved. Instead of praying. And I'm not saying we don't pray for, for those, for the needs. But I am saying this. That the revelation of who he is is the most important thing in your life. And it fuels the rest of your call. So how do you, how do we, how does the church as a whole go into the whole earth and make disciples? He calls us to himself. He calls us to himself. And that's really it. There's one message, always. There's one message. You guys will get sick of hearing it from me probably 10 years down the road. He's still saying the same thing. Yes, because it's only about him. It's only about Jesus. It's only about finding your place where you, listen. You know, if you really, if you really get sick <laughs> of the way things are, ready? You seek the Lord. I mean, it. If you're sick of controlling things in your life, ready? If you're sick of sickness, if you're sick of things that control your life, if you're, if you're tired of it, someone, someone in this place, and I've heard testimonies already this week, one in specific, that they pushed through and met God. And in that, I realize this is the key to everything. Because I can preach my guts out to people. And unless you encounter Jesus, it, does, it all doesn't matter. Right? As Solomon said, it's almost all vanity. Until we decide that God, I need one thing. I need to meet you in person. Not in thought and theory. Not in old theology thinking. Not in the ways that, that I've been explained to or taught even in my childhood. No. No, God's calling us to a place where we meet him for, for ourselves. Because there's only one way to be engrafted into the vine, and that is to get right close to the one who supplies it. Amen. Amen. So salvation deals with sickness, deals with sin, and torment. Doesn't it? It does. It's real easy. Sin, sickness, torment. And the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Right? So what? Righteousness deals with the sin issue. Right? Because as soon as you, become, as soon as you come to Jesus, as soon as you say, God, I surrender it. Here, here's my life. I want you to take everything. I want you to make me to look like I'm supposed to. I want you to call me to the places I'm called to. I want you to direct me in all my ways. That's really what giving your life to Jesus is, isn't it? 
Because you just give yourself over and then God comes in and he directs you a path. Because there's always a way that seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. Even after we meet Jesus, we still have these ways that we think we should go. So then, salvation, so righteousness deals with sin and peace deals with what? Torment and poverty. Do you know that, that word? When we pray the prayer, the Lord's prayer, right? Your kingdom come, Lord, deliver us from evil. Do you know what that actually means? It means deliver us from pain is the root word. Evil, pain. But then the root of that word is poverty. I'll let it sit. It's not talking about money. If you're thinking money, you missed it. It's talking about poverty in spirit. When we are impoverished in our spirit, we can walk around and declare that we're Christians. But I'm telling you, some of, some of the Christians I meet, you need to tell, they need to tell their faces that they're saved. Because there's, there's just no joy. It's intense and it's just, wow. And God is, is wanting to release joy. That your joy may be crazy full. Right? So the joy is the health. Because what? Laughter is good medicine. It says it in the scripture. Solomon said it. He said, if you laugh, I'm telling you there's healing and health in laughter and joy. <laughs> we were driving back Friday night. I have to tell this, Kelly. I have to. <laughs> I was like, we're, we're punch drunk now because it's like almost... Well, never mind. We won't go on the journey. But, you know, oh, we're going to take a scenic route through Boston. All of a sudden, we're in traffic. And I'm making comments probably I shouldn't be making towards my wife and her driving. I know. I know. I'm a man. I know. I'm sorry. I love her either way. But why did we go this way? Anyway, the reality is that I said something, and I don't even know what I said, honestly. And Callie... She promotes bad behavior when she laughs at stuff. So, and she admitted to it. But she started cracking up. And I mean, it was, I knew it was, it was trouble. Because I've been with her in times when she really, really starts laughing. Like, really starts laughing. And I'm telling you, I'm like, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. And the next thing we know, we're all in laughter and tears in the car. Because she was just out of control laughing. But it's contagious, right? And I'm telling you, scientists tell us that if our faces would laugh a little more instead of frown a little more, there'd be a lot less wrinkles. The joy of the Lord is good for us. And I'm just saying, God, bring the word that we received. Right? an outpouring of laughter and joy, right? I want that. I'd rather be filled with joy. Joy will set you free from depression really, really quick. Joy will set you free from anxiety really, really quick, right? <sighs> anyway, okay. And so we want to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, right? 
So go with me to John 15. And I know that's the right chapter because I preached it last night. That was all my, that was all just in, uh, I'm not going to go into cursing the fig tree. We'll go into that another time. But I just wanted you to go to John 15, 4. Really simple word I'm going to give you tonight. God's so good to us. He really is. So John chapter 4, abide, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. And I'm telling you, the Lord is all over fruit. (laughs) And he wants us to live a life of fruitfulness, right? Not barrenness. And God's looking for us to be abiding in him. If anyone does not abide in me, he, casts, he is cast out as a branch. Right? So that's cut off. If anyone who's not abiding in me, he's a branch that's cut off. What did he say about those guys that were moving in the power of God? He said, I never knew you. So we can actually be moving in the gifts, right? Because that's what, that's what the critics refer to. You can move in the gifts, yet still not have life in the vine. And I believe it. But I'm telling you, every person in this building, you abide in God. You live life in God. Your focus is on Jesus, and your life is, he is in the center. And when he's in the center, things should, your fruit should just happen. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Isn't that a good thing? That's encouraging. Don't you want things, when you say things, when you declare things, I love that. When I have, sometimes I have thoughts and things just happen. Good stuff, like God things, you know? And I just have thoughts, and God just does it. Before, I used to try and like, Ugh! No, God wants you abiding instead of straining. Because I don't want to strive for God's, you know, he, he wants to give good gifts. That's who he is. He's a good father, and he wants to give good gifts to us. He wants us to be walking in the everlasting path. He doesn't want to try and... If you're following him, you're not going to get into demons and doctrines. If you're following the vine, if you're in the vine, you're not going to get into demons and... Doc, doctrine of demons. Demons of doctrine. Same difference. <laughs> kind of like deacons, demons, you know. I love the Holy Spirit, and I just let me just talk about theology for a minute. Because God doesn't want you plastered into an old thinking. I promise you this is the thing. This is why if we study the Word, if we abide in the vine, He is the Word, and He is the life flow of the vine. He is the life flow that gives us power to heal the sick, right? Gives us power. He says, I'll use you to do this, Right? We give glory to God in everything, but he uses people, he uses men and women, and he, used, he gave Jesus as a, as a perfect model of what a, a man completely surrendered to the Holy Spirit looks like, right? And so I just want to touch three things tonight, and then we'll let you go to go take over the world, okay? 
because I want to talk about the abiding power of the Lord. I want to talk about his abiding life inside of us. And the first thing is what we talked about. It's abandonment. It's what we sang. Total abandonment. How many know how to totally abandon themselves to Jesus? Well, he's going to teach you. Right? Complete abandonment. And so, here's what happens. We try and do things for the Lord that God never called us to. We try to do those things for Jesus that he never called us to. So I'm just going to say this right out loud. Let the things that I'm not called to just pass by. And you should say the same thing. Just let it pass by because we, we try and control God and what he's doing because we want to do that when God calls you to do that. But we're trying to strain and hold control and God said, I never called you to that. Why are you doing that? And so abiding in him in complete abandonment says this, I'll do whatever you say to do. It's all going to say the same message. Right? When we completely abandon ourselves. And whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. And whatever he's not called me to do, I won't do. And so when the Lord commands something, you follow the command. Didn't he just say, I just read in Matthew chapter 10, he commanded them to go and preach the gospel. Well, no, that was just John, Peter, James, and, and, and the disciples. He commissioned disciples. Are you a learner? Are you, one, are you disciplined? <laughs> oh, there's one yes. <laughs> Mark, back there. <laughs> Are you disciplined? Come on, say it in faith. I am disciplined. I'm going to walk in complete discipline because it's, and it's not a bad thing, but God wants us to be in discipline. He wants us, our lives to be completely given over because here's what happens. When we don't apply discipline to certain parts of our lives, we don't get the fullness of who God is in our lives. I promise you this, right? When we're out of whack in certain areas of our lives, he says this, right? So that when we follow him, there's fruit. Right? So if I'm, I guess I better not go in different places. I'm like, my mind's going different places. I'm not going to go because I open my mouth before I think it through. Jesus must be the center of all things. Amen. Right? He's the center and we look fully to him. So when I look fully at him and if this message bores you, you need to fall in love with him. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> it was like Friday night or Friday afternoon, Friday morning, I'm going to work. And I just love this when the Lord just shows up in, my, in the cab of my truck and just messes me up. And I'm thinking about things and I'm thinking about things that were spoken to me the day before. And I'm thinking about a testimony and I'm thinking about the goodness of God in my family and I'm just welling up in tears. And I'm trying, I'm trying to get to the job site and I'm trying to get it together. So can I encourage you tonight to be overwhelmed with the goodness of who he is? Because we abandon our hearts because, you know what? There's a lot of things I could complain about probably. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the more I enter into his presence, the less I want to complain. The less I want to judge. The more I want to think about what the good things about people around me is happening. 
and I want to encourage people in what they're doing. And listen, <laughs> there's this one thing I realized that, that you, Jesus never imparted faith from bashing people's faith. It was by encouraging and uplifting. And so he had eyes to see and ears to hear all the things that were going around in his life, around him, and he knew where things needed to be corrected, but he, he would, yeah, he would give some disciplined things. Come on, he would say some things straight out, but it was always with a place of redemption in the end. Right, because you just can't criticize. I wasn't even going here. We just can't judge because we want to judge the movement of God and we want to judge how God looks on someone else's life when we just need to pray for our brothers, take one another's burdens and believe for one another for greater and higher things. And that would actually make the church a whole lot better place to go because then we wouldn't have people coming in and going, bunch of hypocrites. No one loves me. And I'm not saying God loves us more, more than sometimes we act, right? But the reality is the church at large is known for judging. Right? I mean, it's just, but it's going to change. <laughs> because the real church is rising up right now. It should be. It shouldn't be just plastic faces and masks. And then when you leave, you, you eat the the pastor for breakfast and, and those who are around, you know? I don't mean, I don't worry about that, but I'm just saying, I, I know what happens, right? We're all Monday morning pastors, not a quarterback, right? But he should have said this, and he should have done that. Nah, 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 nah. I, Total abandonment is required. Oh, good God. Listen, as we abandon to Jesus, he'll never let us down. Do you know that? That's a promise. He will never let you down. He's all, he never changes. He never changes. He's always going to uplift you. He's always going to bring you into a higher place. That is who he is. As long as we just give the things, right? I was praying earlier. God, we just give you the things that we don't want to come in the door with. And we don't want to leave with them. We don't want them. We want to leave the luggage. Right? Number two, absolute dependency. That sounds like the first one. No, abandonment is when you just give over. Dependency is when you now need to hear the whisper of God. Because what happens when you hear the whisper of God? You know his secrets. Because you can't hear secrets unless you're close to someone. You hearing me? You can't hear secrets unless you're close to someone. I can't whisper secrets to my wife. Right? And this is what Tori was declaring. You don't need the telephone game. And you get revelation from this one, it goes all the way around the circle, and then by the end of the revelation, you don't even have a revelation. You have a bunch of scrambled eggs or something. It's all scrambled and mixed up, and you don't even know if the right thing is the right thing. Because when Jesus talks to you, ready? Back to the theology issue. When God talks to you, and he speaks to you out of his word, listen, we've been reading certain scriptures in a lot of different lights, 
because we've got doctrinal things that we learn from other places. What am I saying? Do I use commentaries? No, I don't. I study the Greek. I study the Hebrew. I study what it really says. Do I know how the, all of the plurals and this and that? No, no I don't. Because I don't have time to take a Greek and Hebrew class. <laughs> but the reality is, you can get understanding if you read and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because when God speaks to you and he opens the word to you, I don't have to go through Matthew Henry. I'm not bashing Matthew Henry. I'm just, it's, I have it. But usually when I start going that way, it brings me somewhere else. Instead of just being dependent upon God to give me an understanding of the word because I pray and seek his face, he opens it up. Do we understand that? That's what revelation is. That's, what God, that's how God speaks. Are you okay? Everyone okay? You ask anything in my name. Dependency brings sensitivity. And the whisper will come and will move you. So I, I just feel like the Lord is wanting to speak to us in a really, really clear way, but you need to be sensitive, you need to be close. Like you abandon everything, right? Because Hebrews 12, I keep going back to it, with every sin that, so we, God is calling us to be pure, right? Get rid of all, and purity doesn't mean, uh, you know, watching stuff on the internet. Not, you understand what I'm saying? It's the condition of our heart. Although that is impure. Don't get me wrong. The, the idea is this, that the Holy Spirit wants to get a hold of your heart, and he wants you to look upon him and gaze upon him and see him for who he is. And when we get there, look, if my life, if I'm completely abandoned to him and I'm completely dependent upon him, then purity, I have to, listen, I have to live pure. Because I am just so in his gaze. I just want to look at him. What is the whole thing about? What is church all about? It's about one thing, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Am I simplifying it too much? It's, guys, I'm telling you, it's about beholding Christ. It's about looking at his face. And when you look at him, the gifts happen. The gifts just happen. They're just part of the fruit. What happens is all of a sudden you're making decisions in business that are just not even yours. My father used to get dreams of things to make. Like God would give him certain things in business that made mil millions of dollars for someone else, unfortunately. <laughs> but the reality is he would give him these things so that he could create product. And any of you in this room that think that's not available to you, we'll pray for you now. Father, release it now for every person in this place. That we don't limit you in who you are. And it's not about making a million dollar something in your mind, right? But it's about giving ourselves completely so that the fruit of our lives just becomes like that. God is the fruit too. Because he gets the glory. 
I said it last week. How does the glory of the Lord begin to fill the earth? It's when the people of God begin to move in a way that they're just unhindered by any fetter. And when I'm dependent upon him, and when I completely rely upon him, I expect to see greater than I saw Friday night. We saw 10 or 12 people healed. <laughs> right? God, because that's what he does. And so I'm expecting that God will use you just like that. That his spirit will you just come to you and give you words for people. And it's not like, do I do it? Do I? No, it's like you just go after it. Because God wants to release a boldness on people. Amen. And so we want, that's why I go back to a pure heart. Who's going to see God? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. I can't. And then go by divine direction. Number three, divine direction. Divine command. Divine command. I already kind of touched on this. We do things out of pressure and obligation. What's God actually calling me to do? Listen, we do things out of pressure and obligation. I'm not talking about your devotional life and disciplines, right? Because God wants us to seek him and search for him with all our hearts. That's the deal. That's always the deal. But not out of striving, not out of pushing, not out of kicking doors down, right? He's just there waiting. And if we just relax a little, he'd speak to us. I already spoke about being close, right? When he's close to us, he begins to speak to us. He begins to reveal to us where we're supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like. We don't make it up in our own minds. We allow him to do it. And so don't be pulled by other people's agenda. Don't be pulled by other people's strategies. Be pulled by the Holy Spirit. Because divine command moves everything. What did he say to Joshua? He said, three days. He said, purify yourselves for three days. You're crossing over into the Jordan. How do we get to promise? It's back to purity again. But he said, three days. Prepare yourself. Because I'm about to take you over. We don't get to the Jordan and stop. We don't stand there and wait for a command after he said to go over. You already have the word to go over. You just, he's waiting for us. He's always waiting for us, isn't he? I don't know, maybe God will give me a new message. But I just feel like this is constantly what I, can, I continually come to because we would be absolutely transformed if we could just condition ours, just allow the Lord, just to abandon ourselves to him, to be completely dependent upon him, and then go by divine command. Because everything he said, what I commanded Moses to do, 
I'm commanding you to do. Go take the children. Cross the, cross the Jordan. Don't look at it. Why did, why did Moses, why didn't he let Moses go? know the answer to that. How come he didn't let Moses go over? It wasn't because he smashed the rock. It wasn't because of anger. It's because of disobedience. One simple thing. <laughs> and God gave it to him, right? It's recorded twice. So it wasn't like God spoke it once. He said, okay, write it again. Deuteronomy, we'll do everything again so you get it. If you obey the Lord and do what he says, all this crazy good stuff is right ahead of you. It's just real simple, guys. And if I have Jesus in my front, if, if he's always in the front of me and I'm not looking at the back, I want to learn from my past. I want to learn from all the things I've gone through. I want to learn from past revivals because that's part of the other thing. We have to abandon ourselves to our thoughts. What did the old thing look like? Does it need to look like that? No, it doesn't. It may have some type of, you know, resemblance. But God's always doing something new. And he's waiting for us to get there so he can just move us into the new. Right? So stand with me. Many have, have have anything symptoms in their bodies like they're hurting something going on. Anyone? All right, raise your hands high. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just anything because if we're tolerating something, we just give in to the. I don't want, you know, sickness should have no place. It's got no legal right in this place, in this room right now. It's got no legal right in a believer. Unless you're doing things out of complete disobedience to the word of God, right? Like people's bodies break down because they do things, right? Like if I kept drinking like I drank, my liver would finally give out. My brain would be, you know. Understand what I'm saying? There's consequences of sin. But the reality is God wants to heal everyone because we're redeemed now, right? And we live out of a, an amazing promise that in salvation is healing and deliverance. So keep your hands raised high. I want to, I'm going to weigh you out. Kind of not really. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, just don't tolerate. I don't want you tolerating anything. All right. So I want some people who are, who are not having their raised hands go lay hands on those people, really. And we're just going to believe God to touch. Just do it. 
Let's begin to pray prayers. Come on. I'm not praying. I'm praying in agreeing, but I'm not praying. I'll just ask for the healing anointing to just come. Lord, we thank you for the healing anointing. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you do what you always do, that you just heal those who are in here that need a touch in their body. Lord, we speak to backs, we speak to arms, shoulders, whatever's going on right now. In Jesus' name, we speak to discs to be created, rehabilitated. Father, I thank you for the fire of heaven. We thank you. We declare it now. Touch of heaven on our lives. Thank you for who you are tonight. Lord, we abandon ourselves to you. We give you the glory and the honor. So we're looking, we're praying, we're believing. Whoever's hurting, I want you to test. See, you can't come without testing. So just like last night, we're going to test. Move your backs. Move your necks, your shoulders, your arms. Any difference? Seriously. Come on, give it a 1 to 10. 50%, 90%, 100%. See, here's how healing goes. Some begged. I never even finished that point. Some begged for healing. It says they came to Jesus. They were begging. And then others just would come and be healed in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes it was just the presence of the Lord that was there to heal. And then others said, just speak the word and the authority of who God is and release healing. So we thank you, God, for the spoken word, for the healing word tonight. Lord, if we have to beg, we will. <laughs> but I don't want to beg. I just thank you for the presence of the Lord in this place that heals those who are bound up in their bodies right now. Anyone who has afflicted thoughts right now, just take them, Father, right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you for who you are. Bless you. 